Damaged Goods Podcast. Thank you, man. I've been um, I've been trying to. I actually stopped eating meat like a, a little over um, two months ago, and really? boy, has that really changed? Maybe three months ago, it really Season changed. Two? Just like land. Yeah, I eat seafood, but no chicken, no no meat. That's how you know you're successful and rich, because rich people become pescatarians. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's you good. Gotta, I, so gotta I, live. I, I dabble with taking breaks from meat here and there, but I always come back. I'm like iron deficient, so red meat, there's no better way to get it, even with like, yeah. I have to eat a thousand pounds of broccoli. So, right, right, right. But seafood's my favorite shit anyway, so, you know. I was wondering if had, when, you, um, when you were training to fight and shit, did you like readjust your diet? Yeah, so that shit was crazy. I actually, it was um, a charity um, thing oh. called Haymakers for Hope. So, they, <laughs> right? So they raised money for Dana Farber Cancer Institute, and um, and the premise is that they take 30 people who've never had a fight before, never had any type of professional training. They pair you with a with a gym and a and a boxing trainer, a real coach. You train for three months. And then you fucking have a fight at the House of Blues in front of a sold out crowd. Damn, dude, you fought in the yeah. House of Blues. Fuck yeah, up. yeah. So um, so I trained, you know, obviously it's like you gotta commit to it, man. It's like yeah. fucking gladiator days, you know what I mean? It's just you and one person locked in, you know what I mean? Somebody's gotta fucking win. Um Shit, dude. So I definitely, you know, it took me a while. It gave up fucking smoking, drinking, um yeah. for that three months. Um I was in the best fucking shape of my life i loved it and then after that i just um i just kept working doing that that kind of workout dude. you got it almost like that, right? yeah yeah I, mean, I was like i'm not quite competitive but nice to fucking be able to move my hands if i needed to you and, know what i mean uh, and it's a hell of a workout dude your body gets ripped training fighting and shit right 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 yeah. compare that with the when you know with the right diet you're gonna just get lean and ripped real easy that voice uh on damage goods this week is not only like an mma superstar uh, iron man but he's also the the ceo the entrepreneurial mind behind laced lace boston and the franchises of laced is my man joe mill rodriguez thank you for taking the tie between like squaring up with dudes in the ring and running a huge business to, to chop it up i appreciate it no doubt man i'm happy to be here let's yeah. let's get the chat and if you're only listening, listen with your eyeballs and you can see Joe is like, he's in great shape. And it's, I was assuming it's due to that training, man. Um, like, you know, when you, when you hit that mark, I imagine you must've, even before the fight, you must've been looking at yourself in the mirror, like, damn, I look ripped. I feel incredible. I'm not going to go back. You just got on that lifestyle. Yes, for sure. For sure. Yeah. After that, you're like, I'm not, what I didn't even, even after the fight, I didn't smoke for like a good, one to two months after, I was like, I don't even need to. I was you like, see that as I'm lighting up a joint right now. PCP, <laughs> don't worry. Yeah, don't get me wrong, you know. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, no. Once you kind of get, you know, it becomes a habit, right? They yeah. say do it for X amount of time, and it, and it becomes a, a, a habit. You know, like so, the person you fought was somebody else like you that had no training. Yeah. Like, you didn't have to worry about. Yeah, except he was a cop. He was a cop. So yeah, he had a lot of anger and hate you to. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I won. <laughs> All the time was I it like I a points, points knockout? No, nah, it was uh, it was decision, but unanimous decision. I won, baby. You got the belt. 
I got it. You know, say undefeated. Want to know? Mayweather, Boston. Yeah. Dude, that's a that's some wild shit, man. Um, I like. I was watching the expansion of the business, and at the time, you're doing this fight. I'm like, how is this man doing both? How are you like handling both? I know, right? I ended up uh, doing um, twice a day. I was going gym twice a day, first thing in the morning. But- yeah. And then uh, in the afternoon with a different trainer, I was committed to it. But I think most of the new stores and the expansion was recent within the last two years. That was like three years ago. Um, but yeah, now it's a lot more difficult to find time to do almost anything, man. Like, you know, you really just got to, I'm like spreading myself thin. Um, but it, it, it's all rewarding and it's fun. And we've had, I think, one of our best not one we've had our best year this year it was Hell yeah. insane you know what i mean um opened a bunch of locations tried out tried some different locations i didn't think were going to work you know out of state took some chances and oh man i loved it now i'm like looking to expand i want to open like six more See, this man, year that's the plan. it's it was five six nine columbus ave and that's right and the boston is this was this this humble sneaker store and and now laced is it's fuck dude how many stores do you have eight right now dude so we got seven in mass and one in west palm beach dude and, and it, it's not like i mean you got foot lockers and all these chain stores but like a, a boutique sneaker store and you know streetwear store are there any that you can think of that aren't just like one or two that have seven eight stores it's like i don't even know of any I know. Now there's there's somebody else. Um, well, I think it's called Impossible Kicks. They might be somewhere around there, um, and they're like in Florida, whatever. Anyway, we didn't come to talk about them. Yeah, no, talk no, about no free ads. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? But yeah, no, I, I, it's honestly, it gives me, it's surreal. It's surreal for me. It's like unbelievable. Like even I look at it sometimes. I'm like, really, this is fucking crazy. Can't believe we're doing this. It was so wild, man. I, I mean, so Joe's store was always very hospitable to, to artists doing music shit in stores, kind of things like that. And I did some events with you. I mean, everybody did. And artists yeah. in town would come in. And it was pretty cool because, you know, you were giving people a, a place. And, you know, music and fashion has a connection. And, and tying it into that just kind of makes it have this cultural feel. Now that you've got seven other stores or eight in total, right? Do you guys still do any of that, or is that just too hard to kind of swing now that you don't have like a centralized base as much? No, I'd love to do. We still do it, actually. If you check out our store in Copley, I haven't done it yet. I, like I haven't seventy-five hundred square feet on the first floor, of Copley, bro. Tell people to, what Copley Mall is, if you don't know about Boston, is it a Copley Mall? It's like is it? It's like Rodeo Drive of of New England. You know what I mean? It's like Fifth Avenue in New York. You know what yeah. I mean? It's literally like the elite shopping mall in, in all of New England. And now it's home um, we're, that's fucking yeah, we're, we're next to um, Saks, you know, men. <laughs> we're next to Fendi and Dior, yeah. Gucci and Versace. And here we are selling fucking sneakers on the first floor. Of that. So the store is huge. It's 7,500 square feet. I have a sneaker museum in there. So I partnered with a gentleman who has the largest Jordan collection, um, a memorabilia in the world, and he lets us put pieces on display. And um, we curated uh, pieces from his collection and are 
telling the story of the Jordan one through seven currently. So we have like all this crazy, you know, the original Jordan one, two, all the way up to the seven, oh. got the dream team basketball signed by the whole dream team, Ori- yeah. like original cereal boxes from '92, like crazy shit. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really wild. Um, the, um, what else are I going to, yeah. So the space is fucking massive. I'm telling you, it has a full chef's kitchen, a demonstration kitchen. I saw that. What's the, you have to explain that. Yeah. So we took over a space called Sir Latab and yeah. they were like a winning diploma. The kitchen knives are from there. From the right. So, right. So we inherited all that stuff and we just kind of kept it um, in the back of it, uh, of the store. It was like a, you know, whatever stock room or whatever. I turned that shit into an art gallery. I got a, I got thirty foot ceilings, and I did like two hundred feet of murals, all graffiti, different artists. Yeah, and then we got a little barber shop out there, a little speakeasy barber shop. Um, so it's it, and we got like a lounge set up. So yes, we do stuff. So getting back to it is we have now we have our own space where we can do stuff like this. So we've done listening parties, um, you know, more uh, quiet, intimate shit. Yeah. Um, because it's in the back of the store, like you would never know that we have that in the first floor copy. It's fucking nuts. Yo, it's really good. So I'd love to get back to we're still doing things, but a little slower because artists aren't really trying to do the whole meet and greet things right now. You know, obviously with COVID, they're also not touring as much. Um so I noticed it's been a little now that I finally have a dope ass space to do like all the fucking craziest meet and greet, I got no one around who wants to do it. Dude, so. next my next book coming out, man. Maybe I should do like a book reading at your store and like a nice Fuck, yeah. quiet shit, like you say. Now I don't do like music, I write books, but so I speak, it's a little more quiet and chill. It'd be perfect for a, a yeah, yeah. environment. Well, get me wrong, we could turn up in there. I got the full yeah. DJ set up. Oh, dude, we'll turn up once I'm done reading the books, we'll turn up. Dude, I'm drinking beer and smoking weed, and then I'm going surfing after the podcast, and it's it's a noontime for me. So don't get it Love twisted. That. I haven't mellowed out. I just write books and stuff, <laughs> you know. Love that. But, yeah, we did uh we did my daughter's 17th birthday party. There's 40 fucking high school kids raging in the back of my store. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, dude, people who don't know what the Copley Mall is, like this probably doesn't blow your mind as much. But growing up as a kid, going in there, and like Joe was saying, it's all these high-end stores. I mean, I had a friend who with so much balls used to he used to steal from the, the polo sports store in there, the Ralph Lauren mm-hmm. store. Yeah, you know, this is the height of that shit in the 90s. And I was always like amazed that he had the balls to do that. Cause you think high-end shit, the security's crazier and all that. Um, yeah. Like, how did you even get the relationship to get in there? You know, like I figured that there must um, be some kind of tight-knit shit. So I guess I, um, once you're on the inside, a lot of the landlords end up owning a lot of, a um, lot more property. So I was uh, on some other properties that Simon Mall has Burlington and North Shore. Um, and uh you know just asking around like what else they have and and i kind of just said it I was like you know i loved being copley i was looking for like anything like a thousand square feet just something to get my foot in the door yeah. and they showed me something that was like 600 square feet i was like no nah, it's too small and then they showed me a gap and i was like this is way too big um <laughs> and it was like a floor and then showed me one more and i was like my head started spinning. I'm like, yo, this would be like fucking dope if I turned it to like a museum, yes. you know, kind of yeah. gift shop, kind of, um, kind of feeling. Um, and then it was just kind of, it was kind of like a dream. I mean, 
getting in touch with them is easy because I already have relationships with them in other malls. Okay, yeah. um, but, you know, pulling the trigger and, you know, convincing them that uh, to believe in my vision yeah. um, took a little bit of work. Um, did, did you well ever show that, like on like your track record like yo look I'm killing it in my other stores uh, oh yeah and you had, to, you had to get them on the team right you had to convince them that this yeah. is worthwhile right what did you do for sure team? and then you're trying to convince like people who have no knowledge what the fuck sneaker culture is right yeah but they cool. do but they do understand business and they know that you know some dope concepts come out of weird times and I think I also jumped in at a time when a lot of shit was kind of um there's a lot of vacancies, you know what I'm saying? Coming off quarantine, yeah. people wasn't sure what they were going to do. I fucking jumped in. I was like, this shit's not going to last forever, bro. I was like, I started signing leases, getting the best deals, Smart, building relationships, and then, uh, and then here we are. That's, that's like, uh, to see opportunities is one thing, but to see them and seize them and recognize this is the moment to strike. I found that most of the success I've ever had in my life is, is that kind of shit. And that seems exactly what you did. You saw a time to strike. Like dudes are, are losing their leases. Probably the, the, the coming in rent was going to be even lower. People want to fill those spaces. They don't want to have them open. Your business is booming and expanding. You've got your momentum. Boom, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot my shot right now. And, exactly, uh, exactly. When did you close the, um, the original store on Columbus Ave? So I want to say about a year ago, um, we ended up closing. I was, I was trying to, you know, we got... We got looted. We got broken into during the um, protest. Um, I was going to ask you about that. Can you expand on that a little too? Yeah, um, I mean, for you sure. The dead horse. I was no, just no, no. It's fine. Um, it, 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 it's you know, it was a tough time for everybody. Everybody was pissed and angry. Some people were taking advantage of shit, and you know, um, we t- most we could. I guess we took the fucking lemons and made lemonade, you know, so to speak, like. I was like, all right, we're going to make a fundraiser T-shirt, you know, and put out a, a very moving statement about how we felt about it. Yeah. You know, not not really, you know, throwing any, not really throwing any shade at anybody or, you know, and understanding that this was a bigger cultural problem. And um, people loved it, supported us. That's cool. Helped us kind of get our shit together. Um, but, yeah, kept, even after that, we get random break-ins, and I'm like... I'm done with all this fucking street level yeah. store shit. I like the malls safer. Yeah, because you're um, up in a fortress, kind of, right? Well, you just, you just, it's just you're indoors. You know what I mean? You're not gonna, I don't know. It just felt easy. A lot of more foot traffic, to be honest, with you, in the malls. So I needed that combination of stuff. Once I kind of started having success at the malls, I'm like, I'm not wasting. I'm not spreading myself too so thin. We're an hour. We're I'm sorry. We're a mile apart. Mile away. In Copley, so yeah, really no sense. It was bittersweet as fuck, you know what I mean? It was like yeah, dude, that was like our OG stories, like the one with all the history, you know, where yeah. we've done all the yeah. um, but I was able to um to pass it on to my homie, um, the retail space, and he started a a hat shop called Crown Legends. Oh, that's tight. So at least yeah, it's not a fucking high-end coffee shop or some shit now. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, it's the whole like like being um an independent businessman, especially when you got like a, a brick and mortar store. Like I'm an entrepreneur, but I don't own a store. I just books go through wherever, but you have, you know, a physical place where people come to get the shit you, you sell. And then, you know, when like, like the sentiment behind like protests and stuff like that, I'm all for that shit too. And, you know, people tend not to care too much if it's of a bank of America or of a CVS, but 
it gets tricky when it's like a mom and pop shop, when it's a dude like yeah. who's from the community. Like I know your backstory and like you work real hard to get there. And and you might agree with the sentiment of the people, but I'm I can't imagine anybody likes to look at their their shit they built, bust their ass, put all their money into fucking stripped down and shattered, you know? It's yeah, yeah. It was like it was it was definitely um I'm an emotional roller coaster, you know what I'm saying? You walk in, you I'm pissed, I'm cleaning up the, the glass and then random people walking by and there was like a few items that didn't get taken and people this kid comes up to the window, he's like, Yo, pass me that. You thought like, you were looting it too? Yeah, I thought I was looting it. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, bro. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. Um <laughs> But on the same token, like I didn't have any um I was expecting I didn't have any board or anything to fucking board up the windows. Yeah. I put up social media posts and um within an hour like everyone fucking that could help that had something brought it. It ended up being a bunch of us just hanging outside the store for like a couple of hours. We boarded up and then even after we were done boarding it up, um my friends at Ricardi didn't have any boards. So I brought up their shit. So we went over and helped them. So it was like we ended up, you know, helping our own community out yeah. um, and turning it, you know, the best we could out of it. Yeah, that's smart. I mean, it's the best way you can do it, man. I thought you kind of handled it well. I saw what you said about it and stuff, too. And it was a very eloquent way to deal with it because it's tricky being in your position. I think most people's notion of business owners is big corporate dudes. Fuck them. And yeah, I, I kind of feel that way, too. But there is a lot of independent business owners and entrepreneurs like yourself and it takes a lot to get just to have that one store let alone eight in multiple states and that you know i mean it's not an easy it's not an easy battle you know a lot of people most people i think work for other people most yeah. people do not know and it's hard to fathom working completely for yourself unless you've done you know, it uh, not just that but imagine having 45 employees Shit, man. Yeah. And the, yeah. are you good at firing and hiring? What are you better at, Joe? Firing or hiring? Uh, hiring. hiring. I, I'm I'm the worst when it comes to firing. Of like, too nice or too mean? I'm too nice, man. I just I let yeah, someone else do it. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I can't. It's, I, it's I hard sucks, dude. I've had to do it if, unless I'm excited. the hardest. Really mad, dude. Like you're done. Yeah, the most difficult one to fire was my niece. Oh shit! <laughs> well, that I mean, yeah, that's why I've always been taught not to to work with family because yeah. of that moment arises. So, how did you? I mean, you don't have to tell me, but like, why? How did? It's not my business. You should. Yeah, go. no, it's all good. It's not. It was not major. It was just like, you know, I'm like, tried to tell you for a couple of times. Like, these are my expectations. This is what I want. This, and they're just not meeting them. And it was just, fucking it was a good hard. exercise for me. I was like, I got to fucking really, you know, communicate and be like, look, this is why, you know, these, I've tried several ways. I've tried other ways to, um, to tell you this, but and that's what it was. I don't know what the fuck is that. Oh, good. Are you getting some of your things, bro? It's tough when you, when you have like friends and family or when you go to work for a family member or a friend, some people kind of take advantage of that. They assume that, I'm working for my family and friends, so I can kind of relax. I don't got to work as hard. I'm not going to get canned because this is my uncle's place or this is my boy's right. place. Exactly. They take advantage of that. Yeah, I got to show you this. Yeah, show me that. What you got there? Fancy fucking hotel, and they just bought me this shit for no reason just because fucking midday. And it's delicious, dude. Breakfast so, of champions. Lunch of champions. 
There's breakfast yeah. in Miami right now, so it's still breakfast. Right? Right. Oh, no, it's lunchtime. I'm tripping. It's like three in the afternoon. <laughs> I'm way off. Delicious. Yeah, man. So, yeah, people do take advantage of that shit. You know, family, friends who are like, I think they can't get fired or they think, you know, they've been here so long. Yeah, that it's all wrong. Yeah. You're the big boss Don, dude. Fucking Chief Rodriguez, dude. You could, you're out of here. You're done. You get to just toss it yeah. <laughs> That's some shit, man. So, like, you, you're, um, you're older, you're wiser, you're, you're financially more successful, you're a modern-day mogul, you're a corporate powerhouse. Uh, do you still love, personally, do you still love kicks like the way you did when you started Laced? I do. I mean, I'm still good excited over a new pair of sneakers. And trust me, it never gets old when fucking people are like, yo, those kicks are fire. Like, you know how many times on this vacation alone, fucking people tell me they love these kicks. I only brought two pairs with me. And, and that's like, you know, everywhere I go, somewhere. And I'm like, oh, yo, I own a sneaker store. Here's a business card. Oh, yeah. Um, that's a walking business card. Yeah. 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 So, yes, I, I still love it. Um. I guess I'm more selective. I don't need to have fucking hundreds and hundreds of yeah. pairs. I don't need all, but I do like to get some rare shit. Yeah, that's, I, you know, like for me, as I grew older, my like taste of where I was going to put my money or, or whatever changed a little bit. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still love, you know, fashion and footwear. And uh, actually when I moved from the East coast to the West coast, I downsized some parts of my wardrobe, specifically like shoes. I had so many pairs of footwear that I just never wore. And like, sometimes you just keep them on ice because you want to and whatever. So I yeah. selectively brought out less than I, than I normally would have. And, yeah. and I still buy a lot of clothes and shit too, but I found myself spending more money on other things like property or surfboards or cars, you know, like just changing yeah. as I grew older. Cause I'm old. I'm yeah. nine, dude. I don't know. You look like you're about 27, dude. You look young. Uh, I'm not even going to guess your age. But, um, but, you know, so like, I didn't know if that had changed for you, but being that you, you still work in that business, I can't imagine you could abandon that passion, that love for kicks. And no, imagine, imagine, imagine I was a fucking mechanic and I, my car was broken down all the time. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Or you rode <laughs> you know, up and some cowboy boots, the customers would be like, yo, this motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, it might be a little weird. Yeah. I love those Michael Jordan fucking, um. <laughs> Wingtips. <laughs> Yo, it's funny. Like, I wear a lot of loafers, bro. Like, like dressy loafers. And then, like, because it's in California or in Florida, I wear like yeah. sandals and shit because I'm by the beach. Yeah. So I wear yeah. shit, but like, half the time, I don't even have footwear with laces. You know, I have a lot of slip on kicks and shit, you know? Yeah. Just because I'm I like, I don't own, I own one pair of boots because I tried to never go on the East Coast or travel the world in the cold times. So I have like one pair of Tim's and that's it. <laughs> I left North Faces, Tim's, I left all that shit. And my mother's like, no. Oh, good. <laughs> but then I end up in like Finland in November and I'm fucking freezing in some like yeah. runners, you know? Right, right, right. Freezing, but do you, um, now that you got eight stores, like, do you, I miss my, I don't really know this shit. Do you eventually at some point franchise out laced do you offer that to people when you get bigger no. or you to keep it on you i don't know i don't know i don't want to say right now i'm not interested um you know if if there was an option for an acquisition um or some partnership um in the future you know i'd definitely be open to it yeah. um it's either that or the clothing brand takes off i really 
my end game isn't to be the best sneaker store. It's to be a fucking dope brand. If people yeah. buy and wear lace, you know, the way they would fucking Supreme or... I love the fucking... new beanie, by the way. The, 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 the sicko logo. Thank you, man. Yeah, that one is a classic. That's fire, dude. That's fire. That's really dope. I need it. It's, I got to go somewhere cold so I can fucking wear it, dude. That's what I need. Right, right. Kids out here put it on when it gets 75 degrees and I'm like, you look like a pansy. <laughs> but yeah, man, you got to, you know, the laced, like, like the name, the logo, whatever you call it, you know, it's, it is kind of have, it is like a brand on its own, you know? Yeah. That's, that's what I want it to be. Yeah. It's tight, dude. I like that shit. What, um, when it comes to the design of shit, who was doing all that? Is that you? Um, I did, I used to do a lot of design. Um, also hire freelance, um, guys to, to do design for me. Um, right now, actually one of my managers is really good at design. And so, you know, promoting within, you know, using the guys that we have already um, at, at the store. So um, it's not always the same, you know, but, or sometimes I'll whip up, I'll pull out old design for some I didn't actually use or some that did well. Um, but yeah, we've been, we've been, um, we've been creating a lot more offerings, you know, we got shorts and socks and t-shirts and hoodies and sweatpants and um, dog leashes and, dog leashes. you know, there you go. little mini, mini, uh, Digital scales. Um, <laughs> I even made a stash rock. You know, a little rock you put in your yard with the little fucking stash the bucket. I need to get that. Right. So we got a bunch of random weird shit. Um, you know, because I wanted to be lifestyle. You know, hats and um, the shorts did really well for us over the summer. Um, so we'll definitely keep keep expanding the line. Yeah, I mean, you you obviously know the brand Huff. And Huff was yeah. started by this dude, rest in peace, Keith Huffnagel. He was a very famous pro skater. Like when I was a kid in the 90s, like he was the shit. Yeah. That was long before he started Huff. And then when he started Huff, you know, most people don't know that that's short for his name. They just think it's a cool brand. He came out with a lot of different shit and nothing was really sticking. And he, they were almost, you know, going to go under. And then the socks, the socks took off of them. That became right. cool as fuck. And then, yeah. then obviously people would start buying the socks and then they buy everything from the brand. And now Huff is huge. It was kind of yep. an unexpected item in his, you know, catalog. Like for for laced, what has been the most, I guess, successful uh, piece of or item for you guys? Um, I think uh, it, it it has been like that. With something like for us, probably the shorts last season was 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 really really unexpected. Kind of something dope. Yeah. Um, I started selling a lot. Um, what makes hoodies. the shorts so dope? I think this is designs, realistically. I mean, not reinventing the wheel here. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the designs. I, don't, I really don't have that breakout thing, I think, yet. Um, that's why I keep trying everything. But our hoodies is definitely, like, our, our staple. You know what I mean? Um, people love our hoodies, love the material and the fabric and the cut and, yeah. and all that. That's what's up, man. Yo, I need some, like, laced Hawaiian shirts. That's, like, my shit. Right? Yeah, all over prints with some fucking funky shit on there, dude. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, dude, let's, let's, do it. let's do it. That rock, that stash rock shit is, is the shit, dude. I love that. Oh, I got you. I'm gonna send you a little care package. Oh, fuck it, yeah, man. I need to wrap that shit out here. What, um, like when you open the store, what's is the Florida store the the most recent? Nah, I um, that one's six months. Uh, most recent, I would say, uh, last two were Square One Mall in Saugus and oh, yeah, uh, Westgate Mall in Brockton. Nice. 
the uh, the like doing the one out of state was was there any like more challenges to that? Because at least in Boston, and you're growing out in Mass, people might have heard the name or whatever. And they don't have to go into the city. When you go open in a state like Florida, you're kind of far away. Was it any more of like an uphill battle to kind of get the shit popping or what? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's why I try to put myself in these um, high traffic areas because realistically, the sneakers are going to sell themselves. If people see that shit, they're going to walk in. People, everyone loves fucking sneakers. Yeah. Whether they can afford them or not. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, everybody's coming, eyes, yeah. coming to see them. Yeah. So, um, so it helped that we were in a you know, high traffic mall. Um, and then uh, as the busy season, you know, how all the snowbirds fucking leave yeah. New England and, and go to Florida. So um, it definitely got busier, um, you know, for the Christmas season. Uh, and like I said, I ended up, you know, loving the situation. We, we had a new, we rent a new place. We rented a new place. I got my, um, I relocated my son, who's 21, uh, to live up here. And, um, and another manager who had been with me for a couple of years. And they love Florida and they love having it. Ready to make the move. He's like, yeah, yeah, Pops, I'm down to go down there and hold yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I was a little worried. I was like, yeah, naturally. you know, see what he, uh, he's going to do it. But he loves it, man. Um, He jokes around, tells his mom he's not coming back. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she loves that. <laughs> uh-huh. It's cool, though, man, like keeping shit in the family. I've always respected that, like, you know, generations like you know this is our hamburger stand or a pizza shop or this is our construction company or whatever and family members or even close friends like taking over when the the patriarch the matriarch is you know retiring i've always admired that and shit so it's dope to see that that's still a tradition going down you know it is it is dope i mean i also recognize it's not his passion so you know i mean he's he does great at the job but and he likes sneakers, but, um, you know, I don't think he's necessarily trying to take over the family business. Um, but, yeah, it is dope to have an opportunity. I opened the store in Chestnut Hill Mall because they live right across the street from it. I ended up closing the net, but I opened it just so they could work there. Oh, and that was, it was my, my, one of my proudest moments. I'm like, yeah, sure, I could give you guys fucking money every week, but I want you to go work for it. And you're working it's, at... It's a life lesson, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, Um so yeah, it's a it's a dope feeling to uh, be able to share that and like break that generational curse, you know, yeah. uh, that my family uh, that we were stuck in. Yeah. This is fucked up cycle of guys, uh, you know, my dad going to prison, my brother going to prison, mm. uh, and shit like that. So it, it feels really good. Yeah, man, you should be proud of yourself. And it's it's tough to kind of break out of those family cycles, man. I know what you're talking about. I. At a time, I kind of, uh, I don't know, I can't really get into it, I guess, but I know what you mean about, like, not following the family tradition and, and going and doing something different, you know? And it's yeah. it's, it's a hard departure to make. Uh, it takes a lot of will, you know? Yeah, And it's for important sure. for your son to see that, too. Like, regardless if he works and runs the business or he has other passions, to go out there and, and get it yourself and not get, like you said, get it handed to you because when your work ethic starts to deteriorate, I think people, not only do they not work harder, but you can tend to expect things like I'm owed something from society. I'm owed something from the world, the universe. And right. you can think that, but nobody's going to give you shit. The world, the universe, doesn't matter how much you beg. So when you lose your ethic to go out and grind for it, it I, you can get complacent in a lot of ways, I think, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or if you don't have it at all, you might lose it. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I've got cousins 
whose parents bust a fucking ass. And for some reason, they just don't have that. Like, you know, uh, it, I don't know how what happens. It just, I don't know if it can be cultivated. Some people are just born with it. Some aren't. I don't really know. You know, it's, it's tricky. I mean, you know what I also, always, I wanted to always say like this to you as a compliment. Thing I liked about Laced in Boston is it felt like the, the sneaker fashion store that was, was communal. There's some other really, you know, high-end fancy sneaker stores in, in the area and they would have, you know, the cool releases and maybe something, but it never felt like a place that was part of the city as much as Laced it, you know? Yeah, I think we were able to, to accomplish that um, through the music, right? We And we treated every artist the same, whether it was, you know, Kendrick Lamar or... or you know, one of our local guys. Yeah, that's um, true. And, uh, and it's all synonymous with music, fashion, and yeah. lifestyle. And, you know, it, it's all actually just one fucking big fucking marriage. Uh, so it was, it was dope. Um, and we always wanted to be an inclusive brand versus an exclusive brand. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, so we were always welcoming anything we could do to help and promote and, you know, any, and just collaborate. Yeah. Especially with a lot of creatives, you know, photographers, videographers, um, makeup artists, you know, hairstylists, graphic designers, um, just just anybody, do, dancers, um, anybody doing something creative, man, we support it. The inclusive thing is something I, I just noticed right away and I liked it because if I have one gripe with like cool sneaker boutiques and I've been going to them since I was young, there's always this air of like at least with the employees that like, I'm better than you. I work in this cool sneaker store. I'm cooler because I get to go to these cool things or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but at the same time, you don't own the sneakers so you just work there. So like, don't get too high on your horse. But if, at least when I would go to Laced, I didn't never felt that. And it did feel very inclusive. Like there was kids I knew from all walks of the city in there and it didn't ever feel snobby at all. And I right. love that because right. that's really not what most sneaker stores feel like, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's dope. And um. You know, I bought Laced um, in 2010. It already opened in 06, but I needed it to mean something to me. Uh, so we did an acronym contest. And the one that resonated with me the most um, was living and creating experiences daily. And that's how we live it. So we, you know, I pushed that every moment is a Laced experience, you know, every every opportunity at the store, that's a, you got to create that Laced experience for the customer and for our consumers and, you know, for, for anyone coming to visit us. Do you get like, uh, like, I don't know. I always thought I saw like a lot of youth there, you know, like like younger than me, even like teenagers and shit. And obviously they come in, but you know, certain stores, especially if it's some real pricey kicks and shit like that or the real hard to get joints. It's like not older, but you know, twenties and later and shit like that. But you guys always had kids up in that motherfucker. How did you oh, yeah. relationship with the youth youth? Um, I think it was mostly through, through letting them, you know, giving them a, a place that they could do something with, be it, be it make some, you know, um, listening parties, you know, recording some music or do a dance or, you know, record their videos there. Yeah, um, yeah we just really got um, really in touch with that. We also had um, a, a good student initiative campaign where we rewarded kids for getting good grades and we'd give them free sneakers. Yeah, for Boston Public School students who pledged um, at the beginning of the year that they would get good grades and they would come in with their report cards and we'd reward them. Um, so that was that was dope to get, you know, uh, started getting in touch with the younger crowd. Yeah. Now, 
you know, looking back, it's 11 years later. Some of these kids that were, you know, 10 years old coming as laced are now 21. You know what I mean? And it's wow. Like I watched them grow up at least. I really have. Like I'm going clubbing and I'm seeing some of these kids who like weren't even old enough. You know what I mean? Oh man, that's crazy. That's what always gets me out. It makes me feel old as shit sometimes. Like I knew you when you were nine, dude. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah dude. Yo, if, if you were going to open another lace in your dream location, where's where's Joe's dream location? Dream location? They already all happening. All my, all my locations. No, no Paris? No, 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 get me wrong. Um, Puerto Rico. Yeah. It's going to, it's coming. And, and that, honestly, paradise, bro. Fucking is yeah. dope over there. Yeah, PR's um, one time. Beautiful. I'm about to do Vegas. Oh, um, word? Dude, that's a four-hour drive. I'm going to be there all the time, dude. That's what I'm saying. So, um, I think there's still room for New York and, and LA um, would be dope. Um, definitely, I think Paris would be fucking sick. Um, but but we'll, we'll see. Um, you know, fucking Hawaii. Remember my cousin Lino? Yeah, yeah. Lino's the, that's yeah, the homie, yeah, dude. He moved to Hawaii. He was just talking to me. He's yeah, like, dude, dude, let's do a lace yeah. Hawaii. Yeah, he goes, that's the like, homie. That's the homie. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, where yeah, do you so, out there? He's in Honolulu, I think. Fuck yeah, dude. It's nice shit. Yeah. You might start surfing if you go out there, bro. Then we're going to have to go. You make laced wetsuits, man. I'll wear a laced wetsuit, bro. All right. All right. Or just board shorts. Um, start simple. I, um, I snowboard. I never tried Um, I never tried surfing, though. Take you out, man. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Right. Yeah, man. Okay. okay, what city will you never open a laced in? Like, what city fucking sucks and no laced for you? Lawrence, Massachusetts. Oh, sorry, Lawrence. <laughs> 